0: This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. This is the Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams, and I am on site at Vale Valley Salvation Army with the site coordinator and one of uh, our good friends here in this valley, uh, Sue Wollenbrown. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you for coming in.
0: <laughs> it's so nice to have you here. And uh, you and I just saw each other recently. Uh, we over at church. Yes, uh, we did. Just this past Sunday. I know Salvation Army partners with all the faith communities, so you didn't just come to my church. You're going around to all of them.
1: Oh, when I'm invited, I definitely want to come to different churches. Um, we also partner with the law enforcement community, public safety. The school
0: district. We have a lot of fantastic community partners. That's one of the things that uh, that Salvation Army is known for in this community. So, before we get into all this detail and all the stuff going on, let's take a step back. And uh, for those people who may not know, give us a little history in the valley. I'm always interested. When did Salvation Army come and uh, and why in that in that time?
1: Salvation Army started in January of 1983. Really? Yes, and it was started by with with Hal Holman and a small group of other people. Um, It was an all-volunteer unit. So I was a volunteer with Salvation Army for 21 years.
0: That's... uh, (laughs) Before I
1: became staff.
0: 21 years? You did 21 years with uh, not getting paid for this and then became staff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't be in it for the money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you gotta love it at 21 years. Oh my word, Sue, that's incredible. So
1: in January, it'll be 40 years that I've been with Salvation Army. I did
0: know there was a big birthday coming up. That's really exciting.
1: So I probably started when I was 12, right? Yep,
0: absolutely. Yeah, That's nice that your parents would drive you over to a volunteer and (laughs) and, and all of that. Uh, You have, I mean, this question is super loaded, but the, the growth that you have seen in that amount of time, going from uh, all the way back in the 80s to 40 years now. I mean, I know it's tough to quantify, but just tell us a little bit of, of some of the things you're really proud of.
1: Well, first of all, we started as an all-volunteer unit, and our main function when we initially began being part of Salvation Army was to help stranded motorists. Yeah. And we kept growing and growing and growing with the need. We had no staff for 21 years.
0: And uh, and so, what kind of uh, numbers are we serving at this point? If we look uh, post-pandemic, uh, you know, your last even early November, what are we looking at?
1: Well, let's let's take it back a minute to the pandemic because okay. that's when our numbers really skyrocketed. Sure, we ended up raising over seven hundred thousand dollars, and we helped keep over six hundred families or <laughs> individuals in their homes by paying rent or mortgage. And I was so proud of our staff. We only have myself and two other full time caseworkers and a half time garden and greenhouse manager, but we were able to serve all those people. And one of the things that allowed us to do that are these incredible partnerships. Yeah. You know, for example, the Vale Police Department gave us six bilingual people to help us do intakes and get paperwork that we needed to process people's rent assistance requests. Can you believe it?
0: (sighs) That's incredible. But, uh, you know, that was kind of the, the idea of this valley, I think, in COVID is that people really did step up and come together. But you were also and you and the other service organizations, you as Salvation Army, were hit so hard with that. Do we see that easing up after COVID or is it is the need still there?
1: Most of the COVID need has eased up, although some people were so impacted by a year of not working that they still haven't caught up. We've had quite a few families, I believe, leave the valley because they can't afford to live here. Now, what's exacerbating our problem is, first of all... You and I have worked together on some of these task forces, and you know that there's no housing.
0: What? No, I'm kidding. I yeah. know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, what? I hate. I to didn't know you were going to say how.
0: No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I
1: know. So even if we could help people yeah. with part of a month's rent, one of our big ambitions right now is keeping them in their homes because once you lose your housing, there's nowhere to move. Yeah. And you know, you've seen. We've all seen the staffing shortages that we have. Sure what what some people may not see is the struggles that our our working population have. Mm-hmm. You know, we've always had seasonal Im- unemployment. And now you add um the housing issue, the cost of housing, the lack of availability of housing, the cost of childcare, the cost of medical. Yes. And people even people who do well with two or three jobs or who have well-paying jobs. Sure. Are struggling because by the time you put you pay your rent, you put food on the table, you take care of child care, your kids' needs. All it takes is one accident or one death in the family, yeah. or one <clears throat> one emergency, and boom, you are more than struggling. You're falling through the cracks. So we try to be that safety net to help people not fall through the cracks. And we're joined by Catholic Charities, mm-hmm. um, the Vale Valley Charitable Fund, Swift Eagle, Eagle Valley Family Assistance Fund. In fact, we all during COVID really formed an even stronger partner th- partnership than what we had before and worked together so we could maximize the amount that we could do for a family. Yep. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah. And now we also have an influx Of people streaming into the valley thinking, gee, I just got a great job. It pays $20 an hour, Mm -hmm. but they don't have housing. Mm -hmm. So our food pantry has been seeing a lot of days, 30 to 35 households come in for food. That's unbelievable.
0: Uh, the, and the, the growth. And, you know, for those of you uh, out there in podcast and radio land, uh, as I showed up into the office, Sue, you showed me a couple of pictures. Yes. That, uh, And I've spent some time back in that food pantry and organizing and sorting and so forth. But uh, describe the two pictures that uh, that you showed me right there. Well, I can describe a little bit. The first one was absolutely empty shelves. And she said, and you, what you told me is, when is the last time you've seen shelves like that? And I said, "It's I haven't. I've been in this pantry, uh, you know, on a regular cadence, and I have never seen the shelves like that. Have you, besides COVID times?
1: Um, not very frequently, no. Yeah. And we do order food through Food Bank of the Rockies, and a little bit of the problem was they were moving their warehouse. But the other thing is just this massive number of people coming in here
0: yeah.
1: for food, and we, we really are struggling. Um,
0: Go through some of the services that you offer.
1: On a day-to-day basis, we get requests to help people with rental assistance, mortgage, utility assistance, sometimes an emergency prescription, emergency transportation. Um, we have, we have. Um,
0: oh, yeah! Pull out the notes on this one. It's awesome. You have so many different things you're doing.
1: Yes, I thought I'd give you a piece of paper. <laughs> I like, I like it. Eric's writing on his hand. I'm
0: writing on my hand right now, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like I'm on my phone, just writing all these things. They're great. It is so helpful. Yeah.
1: Um, so, so we do a lot of different things, and those are, and we definitely provide food. Anybody can come here. Um, we ask we ask people to come once a week, and then we have another uh, emergency food program that's USDA where they can get that once a month. Okay, and we try to have a lot of fresh produce. We run out of that really quickly. We try to have protein. We run out of that really quickly. But there, there are just things like that that we do. We have diapers. Um, yeah toiletries. We customize things to some of our homeless population. Yeah. So that's one of the things we do. But then we help people with rent. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the basics, the Maslovian needs. Yeah. And we also try to hook them up with other resources like behavioral health. We've been working with Eagle Valley Behavioral Health Good. and um, a lot of other community partners to, to get people the the counseling that they need. Um, we we try to make sure that if they can qualify for something like SNAP, that we have them apply for SNAP. Okay. Um, they we there are just a lot of things we do that are that give people more resources. We can um, lead. We can refer them to job training. There are a lot of things like that. What we're most visible for during the year is Christmas projects. I
0: was like I, sh- I hear bells right now. Oh. Oh, I hear bells ringing in my head. Oh, no, wait. There's one right here. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know I have What's one right here. What's your most right visible,
0: here? too? Yeah. Yes. I just, we just found it on Sue's desk, of course, yeah. <laughs> of
1: course. <laughs> Under all the piles. <laughs> um, but we, we do have bell ringing. That's, that's one way people can help us, by giving us two hours to do a shift of bell
0: ringing. It's um, The red kettle's bringing a lot of money. Uh, it's always surprising to me, the numbers, but that really does help your budget throughout the years. Oh,
1: my gosh. You know what's really perfect this year is now, these days, people don't carry nearly as much change. Yeah. But guess what? On our kettle stands, there is a little QR code, and you can donate God. by s- putting your phone over it. So uh, that's- Using
0: the fancy interwebs and stuff like that? Wow, you, you're in this century, huh?
1: Well, cool. not me personally, as okay. you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but the other thing that's really exciting is we have a virtual kettle online on our website, which is veil.salvationarmy.org. Yeah. And on that, we have twenty thousand dollars. If we match it.
0: Oh, right on. And how long is that going to run through?
1: That's going to start the day. It doesn't start till the day after Thanksgiving, and okay. it runs through at least through. Christmas, I think maybe even till January 1.
0: Okay, that's good to know.
1: It's a great way to donate. So is Colorado Gives, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, that's coming up in not too long as well. That's a fantastic way to maximize your dollars.
1: December 6th, there's Potential Match. Um, There's a rally for Colorado Gives up at Four Eagle Ranch on the 29th, and anybody can come, and it's really fun.
0: Well, except it's hosted by someone obnoxious this year, but otherwise it's going to be you? A, yeah, of course. But otherwise it's going to be a blast. <laughs> no. That Colorado Gives Day, we're going to be talking about that as we get a little bit closer into the podcast too. That's going to be fantastic. But, but we're part of it. I, and I appreciate that. Go back, let's take it back to Salvation Army. You're talking about all these other partners, which I love that you do, oh, Sue. sorry. And, and no, and you couldn't do it without the partners that you do. But no. take me back to um, to uh, maybe there's a family right now. That uh, is struggling. They don't think, hey, I've never been to the Salvation Army before. This is never something I've had to go on and ask for help. But, boy, I could use help. What are the steps for those people? They walk in our front door. That's it? Or they call. Yeah.
1: Or they email us and say, I need help. And we have them, uh, well, if it's just front door and what they need is food, we have our pantry is being run by the most wonderful volunteers, and we can always use more. Yeah. And we have, we have two shifts a day. It's Monday through Friday. And our volunteers offer them food. And we also try to find out, just in casual conversation, if there's another need. Um, if they need help with something else like rent, uh, they, yep. they get to talk to a caseworker. And both my caseworkers are amazing and bilingual.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And actually, as I was coming in here today, for all of you out there, I was there was you know, someone out there. There's somebody out there right now. And uh, they were just being so, just shown so much dignity, which I absolutely love about. That's another thing that you do so well is uh, this is, it doesn't matter <laughs> what you look like, what you smell like, uh, how tall or short you are. There is so much dignity that, uh, that comes in here to Salvation Army. Is that something you're intentional about?
1: Oh, we really do want to make sure that people don't feel... Ashamed, You know, Eric, I remember back during 2008 when we had the last recession.
0: Yeah.
1: We had... Pe- I know, I'm
0: too young, but go on. You are too young. <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. Okay. Um, but we had people driving up like in a Mercedes and coming in and saying, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. Last year at this time, I was tootling around in my Mercedes delivering gifts to adoptive families. But now I lost my job. I need help. Yeah. We had people who... We're plumbers electricians brokers real estate brokers
0: yeah
1: all kinds of people you can don't st-
0: feed them do you
1: anybody who comes to our door <laughs> anybody co- who comes to our door can have food and so you know we realize that it, sometimes it can be humbling to need help yeah
0: I joke here with Sue because we're old friends but uh, thank you for bringing it back then that it, absolutely anyone uh, who needs help <laughs> and come in and, and the the process is all that easy. And then we go back to, uh, you know, that, so that's how you come in. And then, of course, we've talked a little bit about the volunteer opportunities. But, you know, the old church adage is time, talent, and treasures. And it really does seem like there's a spot for you, the community, to give your time, talent, and treasures here.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we, we could not do what we do without our volunteers. Wow. What a neat thing. We, we... Just having volunteers take take care of the food pantry is amazing. The volunteers that we get for bell ringing, the volunteers for distributing and putting together food baskets for Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, the volunteers who adopt a family, I mean, it's, it's overwhelming.
0: I've been here with my kids before in this food pantry uh, at all different stages of their young lives, and uh, whether it be with a church group or whether it be even just with a family, I would encourage you. You uh, you take your family and you start having conversations in that back room, and here's why we're stocking peanut butter, and here's why we're stocking diapers. And this is called formula, and it's really, really hard to get, and we have to be as careful as possible with this. And it boy, it changes uh, their perspective, and I think all of us need a little larger perspective.
1: Do you know, one of the best gifts for me was at the age of two, I was able to bring my older son to our first well, but he he kind of did this for most of his life, yeah. but I was able to, at two and a half, he helped sort cans for our Thanksgiving food baskets, and it was in a friend of ours' garage. Yep. And he couldn't read, but he did separate soups from the fruits, from the vegetables, from the cranberry sauce, and I think that it's a real opportunity for our children to realize that there are other people in the community who need help and you can you can make a difference, yep. even when you're two and a half. <sighs>
0: That's how we're ending it. That's how we're leaving it. All of you two-and-a-half-year-olds out there that are listening, <laughs> <laughs> tell your parents that uh, <laughs> they want, time, talent, and treasures make such a difference here. Uh, you're amazing. and You, you are, too. I, thank you. But uh, you've done so much for this community, and uh, it's really nice, and I know it's a little embarrassing, but I get to sit here and speak for the community and say thank you
1: Aww. for
0: all the ways over the years that you have helped us. I mean, I, I'm not going to look at you in the eye because it'll make me cry. You really have helped a lot of people. You Earlier when she said, uh, you know, some of those numbers, mm-hmm fly by when you said 600 people, 600 individuals were able to stay in their homes during COVID because of what the Salvation Army did. And that number just kind of glazes by sometimes. But gosh, if you know one of those people that was able to stay in their home, that's, that's what it is. It's the difference that you make. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I got
0: all emotional there. I couldn't help it. If people want more information, they want to volunteer, what's the website? Where are they going?
1: It's veil.salvationarmy.org.
0: We're going to have a good cry. This is the end of the partnership podcast. (laughs) Thanks to my guest, uh, Sue Wolin-Brown. Thank you for all that you do.
1: Oh, thank you, Eric. You bet.
0: Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.